0: Bottom line is millennials want it. They want to be loved and they want to know why they're doing what they're doing in order to do it very, very well. And you've got to really, really enjoy it because you're going to have to work really, really, really hard to be great at it.
1: Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, your Peak Performance Coach here with another episode of the Peak Performance Podcast. This week is week two with Matt Morse, Matt is an entrepreneur. He's the CEO of the Matt Morse companies. He's a coach, he's a speaker, he's a trainer. And last week we talked about Mental Game VIP lessons learned from interviewing 21 of the Mental Game of Baseball's best coaches. This week we're going to talk about Leadership VIP. And Leadership VIP, again, is a research based product where Matt interviewed, I believe it's close to 20 of the top thinkers in the leadership industry. Him and Brett Basham. uh, Ironically, I had Matt playing baseball at UAB. I had Brett as a player at Ole Miss. Brett was my roommate in 2013 uh, with Team USA, Collegiate National Team. Brett works in the leadership training program in the athletic department at the University of Alabama. And between the two of them, they interviewed some of the best people out there. They go behind the scenes with top leadership experts in sports, and they're going to learn the strategies and philosophies to help you maximize your potential. In this podcast, Matt Matt is going to break down some of the key lessons he learned from interviewing people like John Gordon, Jeff Jansen, Marshall Goldsmith, Dr. Rod Olson, John Brubaker, Brett McCabe, Zach Woodfin, former Buffalo Bills receiver and Matt's high school football coach, Don Beebe, Kevin Eikenberry, Josh Bedcalf, Tim Elmore, Mo Isom, Stephanie White, and others trying to learn about leadership. Welcome to the Peak Performance Podcast, Matt Morse. Great to be back, Brian. Looking forward to talking some leadership with you. Yeah, man. Glad you're here. Let's pick it right back up. People want their introduction and learn more about you and my my relationship. They can listen to the first half of uh, Mental Game VIP. Let's get right into the content here, Matt. Um, Obviously, the idea for Leadership VIP, I'm sure, extended from the success of Mental Game VIP. But talk about kind of the brainchild that you and Brett Basham put together that became that product.
0: For sure. So Mental Game VIP was released in the fall of 2014. And soon after that, I was contacted by, by many actually about different VIP projects. But this one particular stood out to me and was something that I was I thought would be worth my time and energy to get into. So uh, Brett Basham wanted to, to go and use a very similar format to dig into the topic of leadership with uh, coaches and speakers and authors in all sports where mental game VIP was a more baseball specific project leadership kind of opened it up to all sports and more of an author and a speaker um, group than more uh, Where in the baseball project it was more sports psychology mental game so um, a year later leadership VIP was released with 20 experts in leadership and very very similar format
1: to mental game VIP the topics in the discussion w- w- um, are very different though Yeah, Matt, talk about some of the concepts that you learned from leadership. Again, you have a book that's close to 400 pages. It comes with the 400 page book. It comes with the 10 CD interviews, but tell me a little bit more about some of the keys. Again, if you had to summarize the whole product or whole project, I should say, into five pages, what would be some of the key or three key bullet take homes that you got from the leadership VIP experience?
0: Sure, yeah. Well, the first question that I asked everyone who was in in the project was, what is leadership? And so, Brian, I'd like to ask you that question as well, is, is what is
1: leadership to you? Man, put me on the spot here. What is leadership to me? First thing that comes to my mind is going to be leadership is the precursor to creating your culture and your culture then is going to dictate your behavior and your behavior is going to dictate your results. So you could say that leadership is the precursor to results and leadership is people living A set of core principles. So if you were to say the core principles for, um, let's say your program are going to be accountability, energy, and excellence. Well, the leaders in that program are going to be the most accountable. They're going to have great energy and they're going to be committed to excellence. Leadership to me, Matt, is core principles in action that create a culture that drive behavior that helps get results. Awesome. I think all 20 people that we asked that question to
0: were, were all over the board. Yeah. Um, but the, the very similar um, response is that it has to do with influence and that the core values that you're creating at these programs that you work with, Brian, have influence and the action that the leaders take have influence on the entire program. And that's what creates that great culture. So uh, one of the main, main, take-homes in leadership was culture, the importance of culture, and, you know, since learning more about it, I've kind of become a culture junkie in that I I love to see how everyone does it differently and how much impact that it has on programs. And obviously, the authors and speakers who are in this project have been around that as well inside of dugouts and locker rooms and auditoriums and boardrooms, all all different industries. But they all talk about the importance of having a defined culture, a defined mission, a defined vision, and those core principles that obviously Brian preaches on a regular basis. And to boil it down, leadership is influence. And so why do you create those core values? Why do you appoint captains? Why do you, um, you know, why do you do anything from a leadership standpoint? It's to have influence upon other
1: people in the program. I think that's a huge part of leadership. Well, you know, Matt, as they say, right, if you go out for a walk and no one follows you, you're not leading, you're just out for a walk. (laughs) So I think, you know, leadership is for sure influence that you have an impact that you have on others. Matt, keep rolling. What other principles or concepts around leadership did you hear everyone say, or most of the 20 people you interviewed say? So I think a big thing in leadership is what we're after is how
0: do we, how do we bring out the best in those around us? How do we make the players that we're with on a daily basis, better players, better people, better, better kids, uh, better students. Uh, and, and if you're a administrator, how do we make the coaches in our program better coaches? If you're an entrepreneur, how do we make the business owners and the uh, other entrepreneurs around us on a daily basis? How do we make them better? And so, um, you know, it may seem very simple, and I'm not talking about Pollyanna here. But one of the things that continued to come up was the importance of complimenting uh, the people that you want to perform at a high level. Because when they, when you compliment them, when you exude that positive energy towards them, they're going to feel it. They're going to reciprocate. They're going to be more energized to go perform at a at a higher level. Versus if you have someone who's continuing to bog you down and tell you what you need to do better and that it's not good enough, and and that's just not a recipe for peak performance that's not a recipe for being the best that you can be now obviously there's a time and a place for that um, but was what was overwhelming in the interviews was just the importance and the power of positivity encouraging those people that need it the most and exuding exuding that positive energy when you least feel like it because that's when it might have the greatest impact
1: yeah, it's easy to lead when you're playing well. It's easy to lead when you're getting results. But that's not always the time that you need leadership, right? It's like they always want to know who's going to show up when the lights go on. Now, to me, leadership is who shows up when the lights go out, who shows up in the dark times, who shows up when things aren't going good, right? Everyone shows up to your wedding. Who shows up to the funeral? So give us a little bit more, Matt. Who else talk about leadership? What else is, did you learn about how to become a better leader that you would want to share with the people here through the podcast?
0: a concept that is uh, extremely important and I think is is something that many people need to hear today is that things that are built to last are not built fast. And again, obviously tempo and urgency are all very important, Um, but if you look at the great things that have been built in this country, in this world, they were not built overnight and they were built with strategic plans and discipline and very sustained, excellent process over time. And I think that is uh, extremely important to understand as a coach or as someone who is in pursuit of your best self is that you're not going to lose 50 pounds overnight. You're not going to, you know, gain this much muscle overnight. It's more or less about attacking the best version of yourself by executing that process every single day. Things that are built to last are not built fast.
1: Matt, is there other things through this leadership VIP program that you heard that you were like, damn, I wish I would learned that when I was a student athlete? I would say uh, if you don't take risks now,
0: and this this was John Gordon again talking about if you don't take risks now, you're going to regret that 20 to 30 years from now. And I was at a point where I was always more of an aggressive uh, type A uh, athlete who was outgoing and had a lot of friends and whatnot. Um, and when I got to college, I realized it was such a pivotal time that uh, it was su- it's so important to know that, That If you're going to do something special with your life, if you want to do something uncommon post-college career, you've got to take some risks in college that other people are not willing to take. Otherwise, 20 or 30 years from now, you're going to look back and wish that you had done that. And From the research and the people talking in Leadership VIP, they talked a lot about how important it is that you identify the risks and that you go attack the risks or attack the adversity or whatever it might be. Um, because that's what's going to open you up to some greater possibilities, greater opportunities down the road. And, you know, that's exactly what happened in this case, is that I had plenty of things on my plate to be doing, um, but instead decided that I was going to make the time to get both of these done the right way with, the, with great individuals as a part of it, um, because I knew that that was a risk that I needed to take. And if it failed, I would learn a lot along the way
1: is there any other examples of maybe risks that you could take that you would share with our listeners? You know, when there, if you're a college athlete or high school athlete listening to this, are there other examples of risks that you could take that you can think of? I also love the part you made about, you know, you made a decision to take on this project with a lot of other things on your plate. And you know, then we talked today at a group I was speaking with in the in the oil and gas industry here in Dallas about we're not making sacrifices to be great, we're making decisions. We're not making sacrifices to be a championship team, we're making a decision. Because anytime you make a sacrifice, you're missing out on something else versus a decision is I'm going to go get what I want and not let anything else take me away from that goal. So what are some of those maybe sacrifices that you, you can think of, Matt, if you could go back and replay yourself as a college athlete?
0: Yeah, right real quick right before that, I think it's super important for the listeners to understand that um, this is not the way that I thought or operated five years ago. Um, and it didn't happen overnight. It's, it's a result of our relationship for five years and being in the trenches every day and, and trying to find a way to make myself better every single day. And that is, you know, why I just happen to say, I, I decided uh, to make the time for that. Um, because that's just the way that I've trained my brain to operate. And Brian has been a huge part of that. So I think that's extremely important from the risks um, that you that you're asking about for a high school or a collegiate athlete to take. uh, The one that really jumps out to me is just the school that you decide to attend post high school. Um, You know, there's the recruiting process. There's a lot of different opportunities out there. uh, But there's going to be an option that looks risky. And it might be something that you think is over your head. You might not be able to get there. Uh, You're not sure if you can earn playing time there. Um, But you're never going to find out if you don't go do it. So I think choosing a school in the recruiting process is extremely important. And then obviously making the decision to give up your time as a a college student-athlete is uh would be considered a risk by some because their opportunity cost or what they would miss out on for that risk would be hanging out partying with friends going out and doing um the things that most people think college athletes should be doing um so i didn't necessarily think of it as a risk but i think um some people might think of it as a risk that they would miss out on the opportunity to be a college
1: student um, in order to pursue something greater that might lead to something down the road it's was interesting my last year as a high school athletic director, we had a baseball player in Vermont who was very good for Vermont standards. And I, and I think had a chance, you know, I, I believe I could have called Tim Corbin at Vanderbilt and said, Hey, give this kid a chance to walk on. You may cut him at the end of the fall, but he also may become your next first round pick that no one ever even knew who he was out of high school. Cause he was in Vermont. Like he was very athletic. He was very hardworking. He was a very good kid, good body underdeveloped. Cause we don't lift weights in Vermont in high school that much. Um, and he chose to go to a school in the Dakotas. I said, well, what's your goal? What do you want to do five, 10 years? I want to be a major league baseball player. Then take the risk to go somewhere on no scholarship where you might go get cut. But you'll find out right away if you can be a professional baseball player if you go there and don't make it. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, taking like I did out of high school and, you know, taking the scholarship to maybe the, going north to the University of Vermont. Instead of saying, you know, I'm going to go walk on at Clemson and see what happens. And if I get cut, I get cut and I can always come back and do something and go play somewhere else. But taking that opportunity and that risk to go somewhere where you're not a scholarship guy, you're gonna to have to go be a walk on because you're walking into the right place. And I saw that at Cal State Fullerton. We had more scouts at practices at Cal State Fullerton than I think I ever saw in a game when I was at Vermont, except when we were playing Northeastern and they had a guy named Carlos Peña playing first base for him. But other than that, um, you know, I think that's an example of taking a risk you know, going to the weight room when you've never been in there before as a high school student would be taking a risk. But Matt, what are some other important leadership things you learned coming out of the the leadership VIP?
0: Yeah, Brian, I'd love to jump in to talk a little bit about millennials. I think that's been a uh, hot topic recently it's been a something that everybody in this in this book love to talk about uh, and I believe that you're leading millennials every day that you, you're doing what you're doing whether it be coaching or teaching or leading a business there's probably millennials that are somewhere in there making that thing work so um, the, you know the question that I asked in the project was what style of leadership have you found to be most effective when leading millennials Brian I'd like to get your input on this real quick and you're obviously around millennials every day um, you know, be it with a, a football team, a baseball team, uh, college and high school athletes, what's the style of
1: leadership or what are some things that you do that you feel best help you to connect with that generation? I mean, for me, it's knowing their name, right? I mean, you've heard the old cliche that people don't care what you know until you, until they know that you care, know that you care. well, what's the first way you, you show you that you care is, you know, someone's name. So I always try to walk into a room, whether it's SMU football with 120 players or, you know, Baylor men's tennis with nine. I try walking into the room knowing everyone's name, first of all. Second thing, and that takes a lot of work, but it's worth it. The other thing is using video, having a visual because of the visual stimulation, connecting with them on a more consistent basis, using Snapchat has been a game changer for me because now people can get little bits of spaced repetition from me on a consistent basis. Using high energy, playing music, and then getting people to talk, asking questions and letting them know that Um, they're they're as a responsible for learning in this whole process and teaching in this process as I am. I look at myself instead of when I first got started, it was, I'm going to come in and deliver the mental game and now it's, I'm going to go in and facilitate the mental game and it's a totally different approach. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's kind of some of my ways I connect with millennials.
0: Yeah. All of those you're you're talking about there, I think build the relationship with you and them and, and being a, a speaker that's not maybe with them every single day that that relationship is probably going to strengthen whatever it is that you're teaching them. So, one of the topics that was was uh, you know brought up regularly in this, to, in response to that question, was just the importance of developing a relationship with the millennial, because um, you know the, the other generations above them were very, very different in the way that they were wired. And um, millennials actually, studies have shown are far less concerned with money and fame. Um, They want to be loved. They want to be cared about. And one other big thing that kept coming up over and over and over was uh, that they want to know why they're doing what they're doing. And I think from a mental game standpoint, Brian, I'm sure you've seen this um, all the time is that in order to get through to them what you're trying to teach or whatnot, you have to explain to them why you're doing what you're doing. And so, you know, in Brian's case, a lot of it is about showing other players and social proof of the success that they're having at the highest levels and the tools that they are using to sustain that level of success. And so I think that the, um, always understand that when you're going into a classroom or you're going out to the field or you're going into the, you're going into work for the day, um, that what you're trying to teach is going to be, is going to resonate a lot deeper. If you for, if you put something on the front end of that, that's going to teach them why they need to do that. So an example is the mental game and and say a breathing exercise or visualization and imagery is instead of coming in and say, you need to visualize and you need to do this imagery session now, ready, go. Let's start out with saying, Hey, here's um, you know, seven benefits of doing visualization and imagery the night before a game. And here's an example of it. We're going to take you through now what you, you know, you could take this and run with it and do it at home um, and then possibly integrate some, some testimonials or some people in there who are talking about the success that they've had with, imagery and visualization. Bottom line is millennials want it. They want to be loved They and they want to know why they're doing what they're doing in order to do it very, very well. And you and I both know, Brian, if you're going to be great at something, you've got to really, really enjoy it because you're going to have to work really, really, really hard to be great at it. So it's important that they enjoy doing it.
1: Matt, is your research, is there anything that came up consistently amongst the leaders that you interviewed?
0: Yeah. A few other things I'd like to run through here before we finish up, Brian. And, and the first thing that I, that I uh, mentioned was influence. That was one that was extremely consistent. Almost everybody mentioned um, influence because whether it's the core values or, or the leaders in the program, ultimately you want them to influence the others um, in the program. So uh, th- another question that I asked was, are people born leaders or are they trained leaders? And obviously the discussion went back and forth there, but uh, a majority would say that they can be trained, no doubt, uh, and that anyone can be a leader if they if they build the skills. Brian talks about being untrained or being trained or untrained um, you know, and, and that is ex- exactly the case in leadership, no doubt. Um, and, and training leadership is something that is extremely important to be a part of every program. I believe if you want to be able to be consistent year after year after year, you need to have consistency in your leadership. So, I think that's extremely important. Um, one other thing that, that I really thought was. Um, powerful. I've always believed it myself. Um, it was good to hear it from people in this project as well is just the power of simplicity and breaking through the clutter. And as a marketing consultant, the things that I do today, um, breaking through the clutter is the name of the game, right? We're trying to get people's attention. We're trying to deliver value to them and meet that attention with value. And I think that that really sums up uh, leadership as well is that um, this, the, the simpler that you can make it um, and I like to call everything else noise around you. The uncontrollables would be noise. Uh, what other people think of you would be noise. Um, but the simpler and easier to understand that you can make your core values, your culture. Um, and an example for this, Brian, I've seen you use this is to, is to ask, uh, your kids, what are the core value? Give them a three by five note card and ask them what their core values are. And if they're not all writing down the same core value, it's not easy enough to understand. You have not trained them into understanding the core values. So. Um, again, I, just, I think the power of simplicity is very underrated today, uh, and especially with millennials who are um, continuing to be pulled in so many different directions uh, with social media and email and the internet and um, you know different sports and coaches in and a school and, and everything like that. Breaking through the clutter is so important, and I think if you can simplify your message and explain to them why, uh, you're going to give yourself a much better chance for success in leadership.
1: Matt, anything that you would say, you know, I wish I knew then what I know now? Or or if we had to say, if you had to take everything kind of from the program and summarize it here as we bring this this podcast episode to a close, what would be maybe your most important takeaways from the Leadership VIP and the whole program, you think? Sure. This is, um, some of this obviously is formulated from interviewing.
0: Uh, the experts in this project but I changed the wallpaper on my my uh, computer recently to Dallas Texas and I've been asked probably 10 times by other people about why my background is is Dallas Texas and that's where I live right now and uh, you know I just told them that it's about making the big time where I am right now and not getting caught up in the destination or where I'm going and it doesn't um, and it's something small obviously but every time I see it I think man this is right where I want to be. Um, this is where I need to be right now. And there's a reason I'm here, um, versus having it be a destination. And that's a small thing that I I've done. Um, but the, the concept is that you can do big things from small places. You can do, um, you know, big things from anywhere and nothing is, that's not going to be possible if you don't, uh, take pride and make the, make the big time where you are right now. Um, and an element of that is presence, no doubt, and being where your feet are is you got to be there to really enjoy it. The idea of being content, and there's a fine line here, being content and, and and energized and enjoy enjoying everything that you're doing is extremely important, but obviously knowing the end game, knowing where you're going, where you want to go, what you need to do to get there uh, is extremely important, but you're not going to do a great job where you're at today
1: if you don't enjoy what you're doing. Make the Big Time Where You Are, one of my favorite books of all time by football coach Frosty Westerling. Fantastic. Matt, appreciate you making the big time where you are and being a guest on the Peak Performance Podcast here to talk about Leadership VIP, a two-part series. Last week was Mental Game VIP. If you missed that one, you're going to want to go back and listen to it. Matt Morse. Thanks for joining us here on the Peak Performance podcast for our listeners that want more Leadership VIP. I think you got a little discount form somewhere to pick up here as they heard it on the podcast. How do they access that?
0: Yeah, for sure. So in the past, Leadership VIP has retailed for 200 bucks and that includes the paperback book, CDs, the digital download and the ebook. But right now if you go to leadershipvip.com/cain, C A I N, you can get the digital download of the 12-hour audio program and the ebook, all for 50 bucks. And if you wanted to add the paperback book on top of that, you can do that for an additional 25 dollars. So again, that's the 12-hour digital download audio program that you can plug into your your Bluetooth, listen to anywhere you go, as well as the ebook that you can open in either Kindle or iBooks. And you can get all of that for 50 dollars at
1: leadershipvip.com/cane. Matt, thank you. And thanks for doing that for our listeners. And if they want more from you, a website they can go to, it's matt-morse.com. Is that right? That's right. Just matt-morse.com. You can see what I'm doing, what's new, what I'm up to, and check out my social media accounts there. Fantastic. Matt, thanks for joining us on the Peak Performance Podcast. Make sure you dominate the day. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Peak Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a positive review or share a link to this episode on social media using hashtag peakpod. Mention Brian Kane and one thing you learned in this episode for your chance to win a free ticket to the next Brian Kane Experience live event. Dominate the day.